Hello and welcome back to the Information Entry Podcast. I'm your host Mitchell and this week we'll be tackling the big issue in small packages. Microplastics and pollution is this week's topic. Uh, I am also joined by Tom as per usual. He's, he's also here. Yes. I've arrived. Yeah. He's here now. Uh, we're going to talk about microplastics, what they are, some pollution, what is pollution, uh, the air we breathe, the light we see, radioactivity, all that good jazz in the upcoming hour. R1 for the show. If you'd like to follow us, that'd be great. Appreciate it. Solid. <laughs> Sit back. Just, and just enjoy, breathe. Yeah. And enjoy the show as we take you on a microplasticky adventure. How's it going, Tom? You good? Yeah, it's not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How, how about you? Ah, oh, t- turbulent week. Turbulent, Profes- that's fair. Professionally. Um, yeah. yeah it's, the universities, again, um, have just started in Scotland this week. Universities have just started in Scotland? U- universities. They? Students have oh, just okay. gone back. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. It's uh, September. Yeah, it's, it's busy times. It's like, oh, why, why are there all these kids around the building now? Oh, wait, yes. Learning is being happening. It is. I think this is this like, would you say like this, is, this is the first year probably that isn't tainted by COVID at all? No. Um, and I think it's going to take us quite a while, probably 18 years, I would say, to get past that level. A lot really? of research has shown, so yeah, I'm starting to do some demonstrating and, and lecturing this year, so I've had to do some training. And um, some what what they're saying is that Research has shown that kids, or just students, I guess, who were out of education for the two years of COVID have, it shows, basically. Uh, they've, they've, you think they've regressed? It's less that they've regressed and just haven't progressed as much as they would have been expected to. Does that make sense? Um, right. So, and that includes students all the way up the ladder. It especially affects people who missed their first year so let's say you were yeah. in year mm-hmm. six or year five. So you missed your first year at high school or you missed your first year at university. Uh, it especially affects those people, um, but it does affect everyone. And um, so, yeah, I reckon possibly the younger kids will be able to be caught up quicker. But I reckon definitely say year seven upwards, possibly for a fair few years will be impacted. Um, and that mm-hmm. goes socially, that goes this kind of stuff they've learned, um, knowing how to learn, the kind of work they're handing in. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There, have you seen, this is one of the news was more, there's a growing movement of students in the UK, I think it's like 1,500 people now signing the petition, uh, that they're trying to essentially sue the universities for not giving them a refund or a partial refund for that like that main two years or the, uh, the post uh because yeah. like they were put in halls in their first year but then that was completely pointless and they should have stayed at home because it was all online and then all their video all their learning was done online not through lectures and then post that they've gone all on strike <laughs> yeah um so like again they're like there's some there's some people that like they worked out the percentage of what they should have actually had and it was like four percent and there's no process or um legal defense but it's it's more like shielding for students against if this happens yeah like any other service in any any other industry if you didn't get the service that you were paying for and they're paying like up nine thousand pounds plus now Yes. You would get a refund or pass refund, but there's no mechanisms in place to help them. So that's what they're now trying to sue their university or just to get the government to take note and be like, all right, if you don't provide a good enough education, and it's very obvious that they haven't, and as you said, like some of it's not their fault, but some of it is. Like if if they've been adversely affected by those two years, like they're gonna be struggling. Yeah, absolutely. Um I completely agree that there should be something in place, right? Maybe people losing 96% of what they should have had has been a complete unforeseen circumstance before a pandemic, right? So I can kind of understand why that legislation wasn't in place, uh, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be put in place now. And then those people uh, seeking 
Yeah. I think uh, compensation should get I it. was very fortunate to have missed the main brunt of COVID. When I finished, it was when it was starting. Like I, I was at uni when they were doing like the didn't know really what was going on. I remember sitting in my uh, flat at uni like when the first like 100,000 people were um, being infected and there was a dashboard for it which then got taken down by the, U- the US government. Absolute joke. Um, oh. And thinking like, oh, this is this is this is an issue. And then, then it was like two days later, it was at a million. And I was like, okay, this is a proper issue. What are we going to do? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so I was so in my, my master's course like, when that happened and we got sent home. Well, we basically asked, if you can, go home. Yeah, that, that was uh, the thing. Like, I had nowhere to go. Yeah, I remember you did like 100 days literally alone in your flat. I have no yes. idea how you how you did that. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm good at being by myself. This is what we found out. Mitchell was okay yeah. <laughs> at being by himself. Um, yeah. I like streamed games. That was, that was it. No, I remember for, watching, for yeah. Um, but I also was actually trying to finish... Yeah, dissertation. Um, yes, that's also it, when you got something like that. It, it's a really good distraction or way to kind of get through long periods, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And you know, but well, yeah, relationship-wise, it was difficult. Obviously, every situation sure. was difficult. Yeah, like not being able to see the family, not being able to see girlfriends. Um, plural. There, I was talking the wider we, not me specifically. <laughs> uh, it's, Mitch's got side pieces during COVID. <laughs> That's, I think, the most impressive time to get uh, manage to get a side piece. If yeah, one's uh, going to do it, it would have been, no. Um, yeah. And then, you know, after that, trying to find a job. Hope in in a, in a post well was, that was mid COVID world was like yeah this thing as well. So people people that graduated just absolute issues. Yeah, it was not a great time to graduate. I uh, got a lot of games done though, you know. Played a lot of yeah. Modern Warfare 2 at the time. Warfare oh, was the uh, Warfare, what's it called? Warzone was the, the the rage. Oh it was, yeah. Yeah. Good times, good times. Fun times. Well, this week, pollution. Pollution and yeah. micro it went down plastics. during COVID, if you didn't know. It did. I remember there yeah. being lots of stories about wildlife returning to places they hadn't been. Uh, there were dolphins swimming through Venice. Yeah, one of the uh, key things I, I remember being like, "Oh, this really, really is better." Um, and actually, a lot of people who I work with and are around do a lot of stuff on noise pollution, which affects marine mammals. Um, and they were saying they're just absolutely not surprised that we're seeing these animals in places, but we haven't seen them in years uh, for that fact alone. So. Wild yeah. stuff. Absolutely cool, cool, cool. Crazy stuff. So, news this week is I decided to go for a completely tame and not weird one of the the worm and the woman. Oh, is this some like Roald Dahl book? No, no. If Roald Dahl was it was writing this. They would have probably sanctioned him. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> the story I'm, I'm pretty is, sure they'd sanction him these days anyway. Uh, yeah, I heard <laughs> he's problematic and they're changing the books. Yeah. That's, that's not that's not going down that. No. no we, we, don't, we don't need to go down that road. They're changing the twits, which I, I just... Out of all the ones I would have thought was problematic, the twits was not the one that I would have poked at. I'm unsure. I, I don't remember reading... A Roald Dahl book, ever. It was the Twits, wasn't it? Yeah, well, they, they glued they glued uh, the child, glued them to the ceiling. Don't know, honestly. That was the final, the final joke. Anyway, it was them, they, they, some of the terminology with the, like, them saying mean things to each other, I think. It was deemed, like, sizest or something. I, can't, I don't know. But the, uh, the news about the worm and the woman. So... Weeks of abdominal pain and diarrhea led to sweats in the night and a dry cough. Doctors then she went to the doctors and they found uh, lesions on her lungs, liver, and spleen, but no infection. They tested for bacteria, fungi, human parasites, even the autoimmune disease. All came out negative. 
Three weeks later, the woman was in the hospital again with a fever and a cough, and CT scans revealed a clue that was telling. Uh, in retrospect, some of her lung lesions appeared to be migrating. That was the first clue. The second clue came months later when the woman became forgetful and depressed. She had a very astute GP who thought, something's not right here, better do an MRI of the brain. Um, the brains can turn up with a ghostly glow on, a, glow on a frontal lobe. It could have been a cancer, an abscess, or another affliction. Um, but nobody actually got it right because when they started doing the biopsy of the brain, a neurosurgeon spotted a suspicious string-like structure and plucked it out with forceps. It was a pinkish red and about half the length of a pencil and still alive. Uh, it was in fact a worm in the brain. Uh, which, so the worm, which was a Ophthacarus robertsi, was a nematode whose main host is a snake. Um, the woman who lives in New South Wales, Australia, uh, is the first documented case of an infection in the humans of this particular nematode. Um, it is a parasite that has jumped from wild humans to wild animals to humans now. Wild humans, wild animals <laughs> to humans, and it's the first one to uh, to happen with this particular one. But the uh, the doctors who were inve- investigating this have said we're starting to see more and more of these spillover infections, is what they're called. Um, so uh, <laughs> this person lived near a snake inhabited by carpet pythons. Uh, where you would often and would often collect native uh, warrigal greens, which the uh, people in the community com- commonly in the community used for salads or stir fries. The eggs probably hatched in her body, spawning larvae that wandered to her organs, causing the damage along the way. the The worm doesn't actually have any teeth, so <laughs> it doesn't bite its way through the tissue as it's migrating um but it secretes a substance that can dissolve proteins and tissues as it goes so the lesions doctor saw on the woman's ct scans at the start were probably due to the migration of the larvae and the body's resulting inflammation as it moved through her and upwards yeah existential fear unlocked <laughs> new fears <laughs> unlocked yeah these are spiller infections are, are not what you want not what you want to be happening no i mean i, I think as as you said they're going to become more and more commonplace as there are more people on the planet more people hopefully having access to uh healthcare uh more people going to, to new places or animals coming to new places due to climate change yeah yeah pretty oh just honestly it's one of those things that just makes you cringe yeah so uh when told about the worm she was uh obviously not filled is what her doctor yeah right um but then she was put on anti-parasitic medications and her symptoms which at the end her symptoms were she said that she was feeling depressed and forgetful with some of her symptoms. Yeah, honestly, I'm not surprised. Like, if you've been ill for that long and they just can't find what it is, I think you start getting pretty depressed yeah. with just living with that anxiety, right? No, as in, like, the worm is causing depression. Not she was just, like, depressed from not having found it. The oh, worm well. in her brain was causing neurological <laughs> conditions for her. Oh, right, I see. Okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> Uh, my brain just took that information and went down its own road. Okay? Yeah, like it forgetful the and depressed. <laughs> <laughs> it missed the signpost and just uh, decided to make its own way. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, she's, uh, she's better now. So that's good. Well, that is good. Yeah. I don't that know why like, the long-lasting effects are going to be on our brain if it was, like, dissolving tissue. Yeah, like, or if the lesions, the brain's quite good at coping with loss of some pathways, but not specific ones. So we we could hope that maybe it's just some memories or uh, nothing functionally worse, let's say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, yeah. my side, uh, side 
news piece was scientific retractions may be become easy to spot as retraction watch finds a new partner so we talked about it before oh, nice. during our scientific integrity episode but there is a watchdog called retraction watch uh now has a five-year deal then we'll share share general watchdogs why they use database with crossref in return for oh. stable funding so it's now easier to find uh articles journalism retractions anything in the public that have been retracted retracted oh, that's good yeah. that's good one step further for science reliability yeah always good always good yeah right all right can facts we make a step on. further with pollution oh i did not make a step further with facts <laughs> <laughs> every, every week mate. every Is week it, do why it's because <laughs> i i know exactly why i forgot them this week it's because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll do some facts on the efficacy of um, carbon offset schemes. And then I went down the carbon offset rabbit hole. And I was like, oh, well, this is just a whole topic at this point. So I yeah. moved it and then forgot to uh, come back and do the facts. So, uh, uh, yeah. So go for it. Yay, facts. I can't believe this. I can't believe you've done this. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Uh, okay. These aren't fun, by the way. They're not fun facts. I just want to put this no, out there. I feel None like this may be a bit of a they're, trigger warning episode. This is going to be slightly depressing. <laughs> pollution facts. Uh, 40% of the lakes in America are now too polluted for aquatic life, swimming, or fishing. That is depressing. Mm-hmm. Now, is that 40% by number or by like volume? Do you know? Oh, I see what you mean. It would be number, not forty okay. percent of the lakes themselves are. It would be yeah. if a lake is too polluted for aquatic life, it then gets scored. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So maybe that's better then, because maybe that's like a ton of smaller lakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, silver linings. Um, yeah. <laughs> although children make up ten percent of the world's population. Over forty percent of the global burden of disease falls on them. Environmental factors contribute to more than three million children under age of five dying every year. Yeah, you're right about the lack of funness <laughs> in these facts. <laughs> I said, yeah, you, you did. Okay. Um, um, do you want to make us cry with the last? I've got, I've got, no, I've got, mate, I've got ten. Don't, don't worry. Oh, we're right, gonna okay. Falling. Okay, so twenty-five yeah, try- deaths. 25, no, 25, that'd be great if it was that small. 25% of deaths in India and 65% of deaths in Asia are a result of air pollution. Yeah, I did come across this one in my travels across the interwebs. That 65% of deaths in all of Asia are a result of air pollution. It's not good, is it? It's a lot. It's a lot of deaths to attribute to air pollution solely. I, I presume that is like... Oh, this person died from a lung complication that has been attributed to uh, poor air quality and, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. cancer, lung conditions, yes. that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, he got shot in some violent act, but, you know, his lungs were looking a bit peaky from the pollution. That's just attributed <laughs> to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. And my final one, which I absolutely love, is 75% of all pollution is caused by 100 companies. I just want to throw that out there. So if you're an individual feeling bad that you, you know haven't recycled your egg box, it's okay because there's 100 companies that attribute to 75% of all pollution in the world. There we go. Yeah. It's me angry every time. Slightly depressing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I still try and recycle my egg box. I think I'm quite good at recycling the egg box up in scotland i think the uh recycling scheme's quite good yeah we um, we had a bit of a culture shock when we moved from uh bristol to a devonshire county what because in bristol you have uh food the two boxes the recycling boxes which one has like uh, metal and plastic and the other has no bubble? one has metal one has plastic <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like metal and everything else and plastic and everything else. 
So you had the two boxes, a food box, then you would have a cardboard and paper blue bag, and then you'd have your waste. Yeah. Which is so much. But then down here, you've got a black bin and a green bin. One is your like, recycling bin, and the other is like waste. And the food goes in the waste bin, and that, that threw us a bit. Because we oh. spent ages looking for like a food bin. But that's not a thing here. And do they do they sort the recycling then? Oh, I don't I don't think so. Oh, that's I wild. Know. I don't know how they do it. If they did, we like have they one got, less like, a, a than food, you up here. Food stuffs sensor. But I mean, like your, your recycling one. Do they sort sort that down in Devonshire? The recycling one. Yeah. What do you mean? Like if you've got your yeah yeah they they saw it they saw it they got, okay they got that was stuff magnets magnets. Magnetors. Oh, that's good. Cool. Yeah, we have one less than you had in Bristol. Our plastic and cans are combined up here. Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe right, and I've maybe got that wrong. So we'll see. Maybe. All right then. So uh, pollution. What's all that about? Yeah. What is pollution, mate? Well, I got it's in the scientific um, context. So. Pollution yep. is the introduction of contaminants into the natural environment that cause adverse change. It can take the form of any substance, solid, liquid, or gas, or energy, such as radioactivity, heat, sound, or light. Pollutants yeah. uh, can either be foreign substances or energies, or naturally occurring ones. So uh, we often think of pollution being a man-made, sorry, human-made, uh, or human of origin, but volcanoes are actually quite a big source of pollution. Yeah. Um, natural cause. And there are different types cool. of pollutants as well. Um, yeah. So different a pollutant types. is a novel entity or substance or energy introduced into the environment that has undesired effects, as we said. They could be both That's naturally right. forming or anthropogenic and result in environmental pollution or public health concerns when they reach a concentration high enough to have significant negative impact. So that's when you would consider uh, a concentration of a substance, foreign substance, to be considered a pollutant is when the concentration of that reaches a certain threshold that it starts causing adverse effects. So you said when a contaminant is introduced into an environment, but at that stage you wouldn't be known as a contaminant, so you, wouldn't, you would say substance or agent. And then after, you, you'd identify it as a contaminant. I think. I mean... I know that's picking hairs, but say... I, I, I would say that's... Pick, yeah, well, it's a contaminant as soon as it is in and somewhere it's not meant to be, right? No, because you can have something where it's not supposed to be and it not be a contaminant. Right, but I aren't all pollutions contaminants because they cause adverse effects? Yeah, but I'm saying when you when you introduce a substance agent into an environment that causes worse damage, but when you're introducing it initially, you wouldn't know it was a contaminant or a pollutant. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah. So you, well, you'd have to say initially it was a when you when when you know introdu introduction of a substance or agent that then causes the worst damage. And I mean that's just iconography is the worst thing that ever existed in the world okay there are one two <laughs> three four five six seven different types of pollution can you name them i've got 13 well okay <laughs> okay there's okay maybe actually, let's go for like seven different categories of the, pollution yes. categories far more cat it's just uh we, we concern ourselves with the major ones Seven major categories. Okay. Uh, I have to say air pollution is probably on that list. Yeah, yeah. What's that? Uh, so this would be the release of chemicals and particulates into the atmosphere. Common ga gaseous pollutants include carbon monoxide, sulfur dioxide, yeah. chlorofluorocarbons, which is a fantastic thing to yeah. say, or CFCs. Also, um, Vox. Which is Nitrogen another one. Uh, volatile organic compounds is a big one. Yes, volatile organic compounds are a huge one and very big difficult issues. to to deal with. Yeah. CFCs, magnets. Um, magnets. Yeah, that CFC... guy that was taking estrogen out of water. Oh using, yeah, using magnets. 
Yeah. Um, I guess the, these would be gases, though. So maybe slightly wouldn't wouldn't work the same way. Volatile meaning they evaporate easily. Um, so it would become a gas quite quick. Uh, but chlorofluorocarbons, CFCs, are they the things that used to be in aerosols and like your fridge and then have, turns out they just stay in the environment for like 50 years before they break down um, and cause heating massively. So we're still feeling the effects of uh, fridge refrigeration and coolants and early aerosols that we used in the yep. 60s and 70s. Um, so they are just outright banned CFCs now. Um, I think there's a few exceptions where they are usable, but uh, CFCs, yeah, not not a great, not a great time. Yeah. Okay. Next one is I've got water pollution. Yeah. Uh, transpires when a harmful substance enters a body of water, encompassing rivers, lakes, oceans, and all and all groundwater. Uh, they can originate from various sources, including industrial discharge, which nobody wants. Sewage affluence, big thing in the UK at the moment. Yeah. Fuck the Conservative Party. Uh, agricultural runoff, accidental spills. <laughs> Water pollution can result in the degradation of aquatic ecosystems and compromise the quality of potable water. And for oh, those yeah. that don't know, potable doesn't mean water you can put in a pot. It's <laughs> water you can ingest. <laughs> uh, yes, correct. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've got one that I hadn't come across before, which is electromagnetic pollution. EM pollution, yeah. Yeah. I think, so, that, I think that comes into radioactive. Okay. Uh, so electromagnetic specifically then is uh, the overabundance of electromagnetic radiation in their non-ionizing form, such as radio and television transmissions, Wi-Fi. Yes, yeah, um, the, the stuff no, that causes the... the uh, Gives you COVID if you stand next to a 5G tower. Yeah, exactly. Just get, get your 5G hats on. Um, now, there's no demonstrable effect on humans that there can be interference uh, with, you know, bodily functions, things like that. I know some people are a bit hairy on uh, Bluetooth or wireless charging, but uh, you, you live your life how you want. Um, but th th we do know that there is uh, interference with radio astronomy, effects on safety systems of aircraft and cars and things like that. This hence why you have to turn your phone off when you're in a plane. Um, and then I guess radioactive contamination is something I have. Uh, was that what you meant? Mm? Is that what you said it was linked to? Radioactive yes, pollution? Yes, pollution. If that so, being like the category. That would be the ionized form. So anything... Uh, resulting from uh, atomic physics such as nuclear power generation, nuclear weapons research, manufacture and deployment, uh, nuclear leakage. Um, yeah, I was my my <laughs> housemate showed me a podcast. I can't remember what it was, so apologies. Basically, they were speaking about this nuclear waste facility in the UK, massive one. Deals with a lot of most of Europe's uh, UK. Uh, sorry most of Europe's nuclear waste and basically all the seagulls uh, just live around those buildings but those buildings are so radioactive that they have to hire someone professionally to kill all the seagulls otherwise the seagulls might fly off and like contaminate other places I wish they so would do that around here to be honest that's also so, a thing so loud yeah oh uh, talking about the radioactive stuff uh, this is also in the news uh, with China banning the eating of Japanese sushi because they've opened they've started the runoff of the nuclear water from is it Fukushima when they had the meltdown uh, they did yes but the flip side to that is uh, that water has gone through st stringent Japanese regulations which are some of the highest in the world when it yeah, comes to nuclear say, if fallout you, if you're going to trust someone to have like the highest regulations Everyone else in Asia has kind of ticked off on this, checked off on this. Uh, this, I do believe, uh, is just a Chinese kind of political play. Yes, um, And everyone is kind of saying, well, actually, China are dumping way more into the ocean than Japan are. So what are they chatting about? <laughs> what are they chatting about? They need to yeah. pack it in. Just pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. Um, that definitely was a sin. To go on the lyrics. <laughs> uh, let's not do that again. No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, next up on the list, 
We've had radioactive water, air, EM, panic, yeah. soil pollution, land pollution. Yeah. Noxious chemicals, heavy metal, not the music kind. Uh, <laughs> pesticides, hazardous waste material uh, being dumped. It can issue from improper waste disposal, agricultural practices, industrial operations, and accidental moving chemical leakage. Um, those are things that can cause it. Um, I think I had a relatable quip with that one, but I don't. <laughs> um, light pollution? Light pollution is something that I, I'm enjoying having moved to Devon from Bristol. Yeah. Because the light pollution, it still exists. Um, I think to our left, we've got a major city. So in the distance, at times it was like foggy. It's really bright. But now we're by the coast. The light pollution is so so like less yeah it's essentially light pollution is the excessive or misdirected artificial illumination originating from sources like street lighting agriculture installations urban sprawl and it can interfere with astronomical observations disrupt natural nocturnal ecosystems and affect human circadian rhythms as it was with me um because we could never get a dark room in the house without investing in like heavy blackout blinds it's not ideal, is it? Which is right, but like getting up in the morning with a blackout blind isn't the best for the human body. Like it's not no, yeah. how you should be waking up. Um, even though we do have like one of those cl- alarm clocks that like gradually brights up over like okay. a ten-day period, yeah, yeah. Um, which is really good for you, especially if we're coming into the season of sad—not just sad, but seasonal affect disorder. So if you're out there and you think you suffer from sad. Um, you can get lights that help and that like bringing you up naturally over a period of time helps with uh, seasonal effects disorder if you didn't know yeah we were having this discussion uh, I mean, the other day Scotland you must be <laughs> you must suffer yeah. don't you get pills don't, don't, they, don't the government yeah. mandate like taking is it C yes uh, vitamin D vitamin D yeah vitamin D oh, all, all the pills uh, yeah ideally it is not a mandate it is just a heavy recommendation um because let, let me see uh hours of daylight <laughs> i remember he sent me a message like half three and being like it's already dark <laughs> december 21st uh let me put uh edinburgh in because that's close by so yeah it rises dawn is seven fifty-five. Dusk is four o'clock. So the winter equinox, which is on the 22nd of December this year. Oh, is uh, it? Yep, 22nd is the, the shortest day. So it's, it's moved. Isn't it normally the 21st? Yeah, well, yeah, of course it moves, mate. It's all to do with the natural rhythms of the earth and the oh. sun and the moon. I don't know. In my head, I've always just got, yeah, 21st, isn't it? Um, Wild, okay. So I've I, I trying to work out... <laughs> what it will be at that point December 20 now it's saying here the sun um, is going to go down uh, it will it will fully set at 20 to 4 <laughs> yeah so the daylight hours in Scotland gradually reduce throughout the winter until the shortest day 21st last 22nd where the sun rises Jesus around eight forty-five, eight fifty, yeah. and sets at three thirty. Yeah. So yeah. I've got like some some I think more accurate data here. They've got a big table and everything. Oh, so okay. it's going to rise at one hundred and thirty-four degrees southwest at eight forty-five. Your the meridian, so that's when it's at one hundred eighty degrees, so straight above you, uh, is going to be at thirteen minutes past twelve, and then it will set at three forty-two. Yeah, I have to say it is quite depressing because when we were doing the masters, like you, you'd, you'd wake up, you'd go to your first lecture, and then, <laughs> then it'd be dark, and then it'd be dark. <laughs> like, yeah, Jeez. because okay, yeah, the sun rises, but because it's so low in the sky, yeah, the intensity yeah. is so very shallow. low. Um, and long shadows yeah, it's, it's all, all day. Very long shadows. Just the intensity is just incredibly low so even though the sun's up for what was that six hours um nine it does not feel like that 
Yeah, six hours. It, it it genuinely feels like it's up for three or four hours max. Yeah. Um, I, I, I and if it's cloudy, like, which it not, always is. Not, it's not the same, but uh, going to work in the dark and coming home in the dark. Yeah. Having to, like, I don't travel now, for, like, commute for work. I don't suffer from that. But that's one thing... Have everything that would cause seasonal affect disorder. That'd be the, that's the one thing that I remember being like, "This is the worst." Like I'm driving yeah. to work with my headlights on in a cold car, because um, you know, younger. I didn't I didn't have the best car. Good car, but it didn't warm up well quick. Uh, and then driving back with the sun like either going down or down and being like, "Yes, that's my day." <laughs> yeah. Now, Lunch in the um, garden. You but know, the good thing else. is, I would say about that, um, if I have to take any any takeaways, is the lack of light pollution we get up here, especially if you're willing to travel slightly, you know, into the highlands, just creates for amazing stargazing. Yeah. Have you still got your... I was going to call it a big scope then, but it's... What is it? Telescope? Telescope. It is a big scope. It's it a is a big scope. Yeah. Um, yes. So one I left in Italy because couldn't be taking that with me. Um, but I got my, my, my shitty one, my old one, uh, under my bed. So ready, ready to go. Um, and we had auroras here the other day. Yeah. I saw, I saw that on the news off the coast of Scotland. Yeah. You can go and just have a look at it, which is ridiculous. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Uh, I, I got the alert cause everyone up, everyone up here has got an app called Aurora Watch and it pings you when the electromagnetic magnetic activity is getting high um and it was yeah it pinged me and i was like ah but it's it's not gonna be there though is it so i didn't go turns out that was a stupid call should have done that but hey i saw it i saw it a couple months ago it's all right so yeah yeah right moving on moving on uh noise pollution noise pollution yeah this is uh, and I've nearly called the 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 police, not the emergency number, but the the emergency of some absolute conehead down the road that starts his DIY activity at like half seven in the morning. I'm well, sure loud, there are like laws in place to say that you can't start before like half eight. eight? Is it eight? I think it's it? eight. Oh, that's still so. That's so early. Um, I know people have to work and get things done in their day, but that's just, it just seems so ridiculous that he can just, he's been stripping a wall for, I swear, about a month. And either he doesn't have the technique or (laughs) his machine's broken. The little little thing that like, it's like a rod, that pneumatic strip thing. Um, Uh, Okay. That's my Sweden. Yeah, I can imagine that. Um, but yeah, that's essentially human activities that cause it. Uh, like things like uh, the stadium across the way, a lot of noise pollution that comes from that. Uh, when yes. Muse played the other day, it was great. I didn't have to go. I just opened my window. That's that, like <laughs> positive noise pollution kind of kind of deal. Yeah, and I think when you start to think about noise pollution and anthropogenic noises, it's very rare in depending where you, where you live where you can find a place where there is completely unaffected by noise mm. pollution um the ocean terrible for it these days um as i say affects marine mammals quite quite a lot because they're quite vocal um and we know that they have like audio shifts so if it's quite noisy just like we will when we're at a club and we're trying to speak to our friends we we shout They'll, they they do the same as well um but just all the time that they have no choice. So that's fun. That's a bunch of whales screaming at each other. Yeah. Just angry, angry whales. They're always angry though. They're whales. Yeah, that's fair. Damn, I'm a whale. <laughs> Bloody whales. Um, what else? I've got, I've got visual pollution down, but it is, it's not one that I had come across before. And it's basically the presence of like, Something destroying, not, not not destroying, but uh, disrupting the landscape. So overhead power lines, motorway billboards, scarred landforms, such as like strip mining, quarries, things like that. Um, really that's wind farms, people would say. Because um, that's like... Trash out in the open. 
Yeah, trash. Yeah, that's just pollution, though. That's not like that, that, yeah, that's just straight up littering. That's just straight up uh, littering. I don't know because yeah, I kind of get it. I, I, I do know, think it's like a lesser category, but yeah. it does detract like, from people's view of places. Like right? it's one of the ugliest cities purely because oh, they they rebuilt and it's, it's got better. Um, I have to I feel like I have to say that every time someone mentions coming to Plymouth, seeing Plymouth, like it's much better than it was. Um, I can imagine. But it was like pre World War Two bombing. They decided to erect a bunch of like structures and didn't post World War Two. Yeah, didn't. Oh yeah, post World War Two and didn't <laughs> have like a theme that they were gonna. The council it was just was get them up, to. get them up quick. Yeah, it's like, here's, and here's, now get they're all a bunch listed, of gray right? Buildings, get yeah. them up as quickly as they can. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so uh, um, now they're all listed, so they can't knock them down to make them better. Or they're filled with asbestos, so they can't knock them down to make them better. Um, yeah. without it costing an absolute fortune. The last one I've got is thermal Auto. pollution. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is a big one, actually. Yeah, which is the alteration of water temperatures in aquatic bodies due to the release of heated water from industrial processes, power generation facilities, or other any other sources, um, which the elevated water temperatures can impair aquatic ecosystems and alter species distribution, as you will know, Tom. Yeah, they can. Um, yeah, not an ideal thing to do. Especially, like, on salmon streams and things like that. Because um, I think their mating is temperature dependent, so when they get to the shallower, closer to the to the source, it's slightly warmer. This oh, could yeah. be absolute horse wallet, though. Uh, so I'm going to stop speaking in case that's false news. But uh, yes, not ideal thermal thermal pollution. Mm-hmm. It's not no, no not at all. Uh, does that cover your seven categories? That, that's my seven categories, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had plastic pollution and littering as specific ones. No, as they're well. not categories. That That's just pollution full stop. Yeah, no, that is just uh, don't be a dick. <laughs> but yes, uh, Wikipedia seemed to think they were separate categories. No. But that's fair. All right. No, from that. What a... Uh, what what have you got that you would like to to go into? Well, as one of the two things that we agreed on before we started doing our research today, which always happens, always <laughs> happens. Um, I had a look at the uh, microfiber. Yeah, this is a really important one, actually. Yeah, people don't seem don't people don't, and I've taken it to heart. Back in back in the day when Tom and I did interviews with people in the science world. Uh, we talked to Ms. Moody Woody. Yeah. And I only remember that because of her name. And another lady who I've forgotten her name. You would. Um, yeah. Who? Uh... Have it, you it got was them to back? do with the microfiber innovation challenge. Yeah, the microfiber innovation challenge was what they were part of a company that was trying to get some sort of evolution of current technology to do with uh, washing or clothing um, because microfibers, which are essentially um, when you do washing or you've got plastics, it essentially fragments a little bit. Uh, and that like goes into uh, like the ocean from your uh, machine. So yes, it was Dr. Barbara Martinez from Conservation X Labs and Crystal Moodywood from Materia Evolve. Yes, Materia Evolve. Check them out; they're great people. They are funny, very interesting people. Um, Yeah, so like like they get washed off products such as synthetic clothes or textiles. And, and they actually can contribute about 35% of our primary microplastic pollutants in our ocean is caused by, you know, washing our clothes, which, which is absolutely crazy. Um, and so, they're so hard to remove. It's, it's, that's the problem. Yeah. It's like, okay, people can't not wash their clothes. And we, we understand that um, it's, it's not polyester, is it? Um, <laughs> was polyester? No. I know there's a certain about. mix of, yeah. um, let's say, human-made co- uh, fabrics. 
I think it's a mix of cotton and, and, and plastic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when the plastic fragments, there's just literally no way to remove it from the water. Uh, they, they try and do filter systems. It's just not great. Uh, once it's in the ocean, you've got no hope. Yeah, it's it's wild. Yep. So the the definition of uh, the plastic particle is something that's smaller than five millimeters in size, which is incredibly difficult to to see or even get. Um, so secondary pl- microplastics, because that's the primary, is from like washing, are not directly released into the environment, but they originate from the degradation of large plastic into smaller plastic fa- fragments. So, yeah. Every time we do our laundry, an average nine million microfibers are released into wastewater treatment plants. Damn. Yep. Um, and and just by we- but this is the thing. Just by wearing clothes, you're releasing um, plastic fibers into the air. So yep. recent research has proven that we're eating and drinking plastic, and that plastic fibers are even raining down from the sky. We are breathing in at least thirteen thousand to sixty-eight plastic microfibers from our clothing, carpets, curtains. Or other other textiles per year, um, and it's like, isn't it in the cells? Isn't this the, the thing? Like in most in human cells, animal life. Um, in yeah, we think there is now not a single part of the world that is unaffected by microplastics. Yeah. I, I think is the really depressing fact. Uh, maybe the deep. No, because I think we were thinking either the deep ocean was safe, and then it turns out we sent a robot down there and it's not. So that's depressing. Um, but yes, we found it in every animal, I think, so far it's been looked at. We found it in humans now. If you watch the most recent, I think it was Our Planet 2, mm-hmm. the Netflix do- documentary that we spoke about a few weeks ago because you thought the birds looked CGI. Yes. Um, <laughs> you see a lot of plastic consuming in that show as well um so yeah i think it's very hard for life to not interact with plastic at some point in its cycle mm-hmm. so uh rodriguez and Ms. moody they were essentially held a competition for scientists to come together to find a new and innovative way of either reducing the amount of microfibers used or produced um and they had it was some really really awesome competition essentially i think the majority of it was because they, they were it was focusing on like the textile industry because that's where the whole yeah. the whole system is really bad is the whole industry itself like fast fashion all that sort of jazz causes a massive neg- negative impact like I was <laughs> trying to take it into my plan. Like I try not to be a, too much of a grub, but like I try not to wash too much, um, or buying clothes that last longer. Yeah, so I think buying more. less clothes that cost a little bit more, but they'll last. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with clothes; it can be quite hard to justify spending more on clothes. But some often when you do, they last so much longer than the price warrants. Um, but obviously not everyone is in a position to be able to do that right um yeah again it's like the vegan thing it's a very it turns out to be a very privileged thing possibly yeah i can't remember what the latest estimates are for the uh, people living in poverty in the uk uh uk poverty rate i think is 20 percent oh that's bad right it's 13.4 million people just just in the uk uh, four million of those being being children, right? So who wouldn't be able to make the decision for themselves anyway? So, and I think that's why it presents it to be such a challenge. Because who are we to tell these people? Ah, oh, they can't buy clothes when yeah. they only have a certain selection of clothes that are realistically available to them, right? Um. So yeah, it becomes a very a difficult thing, and where in the line do you introduce measures? Measures, and that's what was so good about this competition. You had people developing new textiles, people developing new ways to weave textiles together to make them break less. People um, that developed new manufacturing processes. So yeah, 
And then on top of that, you got transportation of textiles and clothes and all, all of that kind of stuff as well, right? Yeah. Which uh, adds to the the polluting side of things. But yeah. Microfibers. They be wild. They be wilding. And a, and a very difficult issue, which is completely understandable. So multifaceted. Yeah. And it causes so much damage as well. Yeah. So millions of tons of plastic are in the environment. It's waste, which is awful. The ocean is expected to contain one ton of plastic for every three tons of fish by 2025. That is only two years away. Uh, more than 80% of marine litter is plastic, which kills up to 1 million seabirds and 100,000 marine creatures each year by ingesting it. A report pointed out that the annual economic damage plastics have on the world's marine ecosystem is at least $13 billion, and the cost to clean up beaches from higher plastics is higher than manufacturing. So, yeah. Some scientific studies have shown that we are ingesting 5 grams of plastic per week. That's the equivalent of eating a credit card from the tap, bottled waters, or through our food. Uh, this eventually goes into our blood, which can contribute to cancer and many other diseases. Um, so, yeah. I wonder if certain foods have a higher rate. Like, in my head... That's just what I'm saying. I'm saying. <laughs> As I said, in my head, it would make sense if uh, fish has the highest amount, just because it's wild caught, and we know there's so much in, in the oceans. Um, then maybe other animals would have a higher count than vegetables. Essentially, I, I think we need to be, yeah. become vegan to avoid being poisoned by plastic. I think there's like... I don't first... even think you can avoid it then because then it's in the water anyway. That's true. That's true. But do you... Yeah. Would, would, not entirely, but through the food. Are you saying like plants would take in plastic? I don't think they would. I'm, I'm thinking that that would be a lot less of a chance for sure. Mm. Uh, but I'm, I'm not saying no outright because I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that would be my assumption. Yeah, because this was a whole thing. I think it was back in the is it early two thousands was the whole new like exfoliating fad that was in um, yes, uh, like beauty products of microbeads and toothpaste. And in toothpaste as well. Yes, microplastics is still in toothpaste. Oh geez, that's yeah. That. Yeah, you have to kind of be careful about which toothpaste you buy. <laughs> um, I think they they've like there was a law against them. Yes, right? they they microbeads um, are banned. Yes, but microbeads are also in, sorry, but ca- carry on function. <laughs> no, 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 here you go. Uh, ba- well, basically, they were in exfoliating things just because they would create friction or something. So when you were like washing yourself, it would get rid of extra skin cells, right? Um, and the same process was thought about plaque and in teeth. And then, of course, they go down the drain, can't get them out, into the ocean. So, yeah, wild times. Yeah. Good for cleaning as well. Yeah, that's the problem there. It's very good, but you need to find like a natural way to do it. So salt is quite a good way to do it. Uh, but then you're using salt. Yeah, that's, like, this, so... that's, that's expensive. Yeah, that's also stuff. Do you know what? That was also what I was going to say about the salt. Um, scientists in China found microbeads in salt, in table salt. That's what they found. Oh, yeah. There so you go. Not safe. Uh, if you do like uh, any sort of work and you get like uh, chemicals or oil uh, on your hand, it's really hard to get off. You put uh, a bunch of salt in your hand. Like if you cup your hand, put a little salt in it, then put your washing up liquid or very liquid or whatever you use to clean your hands with on top of it and create a like substance that is the salt combined with the hand wash because of the abrasiveness it gets um gets it off your skin i can imagine but i can imagine that just takes your skin off as well yeah very it's good wash your hands afterwards but like i straight down to the bone when my batteries were going on my cars uh and i was replacing the cars and getting like all the crud from the engine bay on my hands it's the only thing that would get it off no, that's fair. That's good. That's a good tip. Yeah, pro tips. Pro tips. All right. Well, if you want to feel better about pollution, um, there are things called carbon offset schemes. And uh, this is where an individual, or normally a company or organization that's offering a service, will also say, oh, okay, well, let's say you're buying a, a flight 
and then someone will be like, oh, well, do you want to pay one or two pound, whatever, to offset your carbon footprint? Um, and so basically these organizations, companies, uh, will compensate for their greenhouse gas emissions by investing in projects that reduce or remove an equivalent amount of carbon dioxide or other greenhouse gases from the atmosphere. They aim to help combat climate change uh, by balancing the emissions that they're creating and balance with the emissions that they're kind of removing from the atmosphere. And there's a, a few different ways that these work. So obviously you have to measure the emissions to start with, um, identify ways to reduce such emissions, get baselines recordings, and then there are certain offset projects. And there, there are a few that most companies use. Um, this starts with like reforestation or afforestation. So this is where you plant trees and it's all a scam, Tom. The thought is that the forests restore um, or restoring the forest, sorry, will absorb CO2 from the atmosphere. You have renewable energy projects, so investing in wind, solar or hydropower to replace fossil fuel based energy generation. Methane capture, so to capture and utilize methane emissions from landfills or agricultural operations. Energy efficiency, implementing energy efficient technologies and practices in industries or buildings to reduce the emissions and something called a cookstove project which is where you distribute clean and efficient cookstoves in communities to reduce emissions from traditional cooking methods. Uh, these methods or these offset projects then go under a verification process to ensure that they indeed result in the uh, emission reductions or removal as claimed and to the amount that they claim it to do as well um, and there's a third party organization that that does this and then what happens is um, once a carbon offset project is verified and deemed successful it generates carbon credits also known as carbon offsets each carbon credit represents one metric ton of carbon dioxide that has been removed or reduced from the uh, project activities companies then will purchase these carbon cre credits from those projects through specialized markets and platforms and the revenue generated from the sale of those credits supports the <clears throat> the ongoing of that operation what happens then is if you pay money to offset your own carbon is you're basically paying your own fee for that for the, that company buying uh carbon credits um then obviously everything needs to be transparently reported which it's not <laughs> so i was interested do they actually work because this is a great thing reveal is this more headline the guardian scheme? Five months yeah. ago, revealed more than 90 percent of rainforest carbon offsets by biggest certifier are worthless yeah so Phantom this was published credits in, is, is the moniker uh, yeah been... january 2023 this report came out it was uh investigating vera vera which yeah. is the world's leading certifier that's used by disney shell gucci and other people it's produced in combination by the guardian Dizeit, Dizeit, it's a German newspaper, sorry for butchering that pronunciation, and Source Material, who are a non-profit uh, journalist uh, organization. And they looked at this over nine months, and they found that exactly, as Mitch just said, 90% of the rainforest offset credits, which is the most common type of offset credit used by companies, are likely to be phantom credits. Uh, that do not represent genuine carbon emissions. So they have a beautifully depressing graph there um, that shows 94.9 mm. million credits have been claimed. Remember that each credit is equal to one metric ton of CO2 being offset. 5.5 million metric tons of CO2 have actually been offset. That's a 90 million ton difference nearly 89.6 yeah. million ton difference of what companies around the world are 94%. claiming they're doing and what they're actually doing uh, so the, the report had some key outcomes 
Only a handful of areas rainforest projects actually showed evidence of deforestation reductions, according to two studies, with further analysis indicating that 94% of the credits had no benefit to the climate. Next, the threat to forest has been overstated by about 400% on average for Vera products, according to analysis of uh, 2022 University Cambridge study. So basically, Vera or the companies that they're doing these certifications for are claiming that the threat to those forests that they're replanting is much higher than it actually is, which means in turn, the carbon that they're claiming to have reduced is a lot higher than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Gucci, Salesforce, BHP, Shell, EasyJet, Leon, and the band Pearl Jam have all been among, among the dozens of companies uh, that have bought rainforest offsets approved by Vera. And human rights issues are serious concerns in at least one of the offsetting projects. Now, The Guardian visited a flagship project in Peru and was shown videos that residents had showed their homes being cut down with chainsaws and ropes by park guards and police. So, not that I wanted to, you know, make it more depressing for everyone. (laughs) End on a high. End on a high. Even if you're paying for carbon offsets, if you think that company is using Vera as their certification uh, third-party organization, likelihood is, with a 94% chance, is, uh, yeah, that's just done absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's it's so. I was having a look at the Greenpeace's stance on it, and they said it's actually detrimental to yes climate change or the the climate crisis. If we go that way, because it's it makes it seem that something's happening when it's not. Uh, it's a bunch of window dressing to make it seem like things are working, but it's not. So it actually has an, like a, a detrimental like effect. a net negative effect. Like yeah. maybe not directly, but actually. People like it's shoved in our faces so much that people have just stopped caring, and then they find out maybe it's not actually working because the stuff being shoved in your face is false. Yep. Yeah, it's just not not a great look, is it? Not a great look. Well, I hope you've all enjoyed <laughs> the slightly slightly depressing. Yeah, it's always one episode. of those. Uh, always ends. That's how it ends. Yes. But uh, I guess that will bring us to a wrap as we're over the hour. Indeed it will. Unless you've got anything you would like to... Uh... One last depressing twist. No, that's right. Yeah, a fact that will make us cry at the end of the show. Um, Let me scroll up here one second, one second. <laughs> oh, good one. Yeah? Good, good, nice fact to end off. Recycling and composting alone have avoided 85 million tonnes of waste to be dumped since in 2010 that's good see i do think like we should be recycling and everyone should do their part because yes okay it's the big companies that are doing the majority but that doesn't mean we can't all combine the carbon footprint was created by shell to make you the individual feel bad for their carbon emissions to stop, nah, BP, like, girl, I don't care who it was. One of those <laughs> asshole companies that's sort of like, we're going to make the, the individual feel bad instead of us taking responsibility. Oh, yeah. Like, no, they, they fully shifted the blame in the 90s, was it? Yeah. They started coming around. Um, just complete cock waffle. Full. But, full. uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Full cock so, but um, if you, if you, another thing that's also happening, which I saw recently was like, if one person on your street doesn't get the recycling correct, it essentially means the whole street has to be written off. Oh. Yeah, this is what I was like, what? And like, yep, so if one person like puts out the, the greasy, like has some pizza ordered to their house and puts that greasy cardboard in the recycling, which you're not supposed to do, um, it essentially ruins it for that whole section and everything has because yeah, be... it's all gone into the same yeah. van yeah the whole... so it's not just your street it's like the whole rotation Area. for that morning yeah the whole van for that for that section has to go that's disgusting yep 
What happens? What happens, mate? Oh, see, I thought, I thought we were bringing it back up there to a positive. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, mate. Yeah, no. It's just nosedive yeah. so no, hard. No. Okay, cool. Well, with that will bring us to a wrap there before we make anyone else cry. <laughs> uh, don't forget to share this with your friends, families, co-workers. Anyone that you want to remind about pollution and not throwing their dirty pizza, greasy pizza boxes <coughs> in the recycling. Uh, if you want to know more fun, maybe more fun this week, you can head on over to our socials that we may or may not forget to post on. Uh, Twitter, TikTok, at InfoEntropyPod, Instagram, Information Pod, and of course, wherever you're listening to this right now, if you can give us a like, rating, follow, we'd appreciate that very much. Cool. We'll catch you guys then. And next week, peace. Ciao for now.